that first open mic you know, it, it's funny i actually went outside of the club i never stepped in because the, like. the, the intensity of the fear is just so strong right i think that fear of public speaking is some people i think i don't know if it's a statistic but they put it over death you know it's 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 paralyzing it, it, Today, obviously, I was excited to do this podcast with you, but more than that, I actually want to get to know you better. Yeah. I like got to know a little bit of the Jimba Slice at dinner at lunch the other day. Can I curse on this? Fuck oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh, I could. Fuck yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. And I'm you thinking uh -huh. the best way to get to know someone is through being vulnerable. But this is a little bit more of a controlled setting, right? We're going to uh -huh. go through. I'm here today with hey. Jimmy Zang. Hey, hey, hey. Jimba Slice, probably recognized him. On YouTube. Exactly, for um, your channel, for your podcast. My podcast, I also, I too have a podcast. I would say if you enjoyed this, go check out his, because his is a little more free-flowing. Yeah, just, you know, the, the, we don't have 36 questions to fall in love, but yeah, we do talk about, you know, love. See, that's... Dating, relationships. Well, I'm excited to talk about too, but... Just like I'm a little afraid to just go out and drink, I'm a little afraid to do it without these. What I like about it, uh -huh. they're signposts, right? Okay. We use them as a reference, okay. and we can go wherever. Okay, okay. But it's always here to guide us back. Okay, fair, fair. It's all based off the study the New York Times wrote about it. They took these random couples of people, mm -hmm. gave them these questions all around intimacy, right. reciprocity, vulnerability. Right. And at the end of it, many of those couples became friends with each other. And friends one of those couples, or... One couple did, in fact, end up dating each other and getting married. Oh. More people should do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Stakes are high, Jimmy. Okay. We're going to get to know each other a little bit better. I can't wait. Let's do it. So we kick off with what, some intimate, intimate eye contact. Oh. Yeah, before we... It's sort of like the warm-up. Right. right? You can't yeah. just go in hot and blazing, right? You got to right. do a little bit of that smooth easing in. Okay. I'm here for the eye contact. Yeah. So we're going to take a little bit of time. We're just going to stare deeply, soulfully mm -hmm. in each other's eyes. And whoever looks away first or blinks, they blinks. have to draw the first question. Blinks. Yeah. What if I want to draw the first card? Well, then you can blink right away. Okay. Yeah, it's like next level gamesmanship. Are you ready? Wait, hold on. Let me get all my blinks out. I thought you said you wanted to, to blink. No, no, no. This is a challenge. Hold on. All right. I love how this just went from we're going to look at each other to like, I'm going to win the staring contest. Yeah, basically. Okay. Oh, it's on. All right. Three, two, one, go. <clears throat> Dry eyes, man. Oh, you... There you go. I already first, blinked. Yeah. I already blinked. First question. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. The gaze is too strong. So level one questions, they're going to be me asking questions, asking you to guess things about me. Okay. Then we're going to go into level two, where it's me guessing things about you. Okay. And level three is things about us together in the moment. Does that sound good? Sounds great. All right, we're going to start with level one. Finish the sentence. Just by looking at you, I think... Oh, I'm supposed to finish the sentence. <laughs> All right. 
Just by looking at you, I think... When I look at you now, mm. you have style, which I define as being yourself intentionally. You strike me as a man who really kind of knows what type of life he wants to live. You have that right. certain, just in a qua, as the French say, a certain confidence. And mm. the reason why I emphasis emphasize this is because I remember looking back at your earlier YouTube videos mm. where like a baby college student mm. and you got your backpack. Yeah. So young, so innocent, yeah. so uncertain. Uh-huh. And I look at you now, you just are oozing. Oh, yeah, I'm Jimmy Zay. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Because when you say style, right, I thought it yeah. was, no, no, like this. I came from the gym. Yeah. So so definitely no fashion sense. No, but today. I mean being yourself intentionally. And mm. that's what I feel like. You come out to this world, you're Jimmy. And if people like that, great. And if they don't, better you find out soon. Absolutely. It's the best way to live life. So I got to ask, here's the follow-up. That confidence, where did it come from? Something you had even when you were a little young kid? Even that college era, Jimmy, when I watched on that YouTube video, maybe it was there, I just didn't see it. Or is it something that you've cultivated over the past few years? I would say confidence can be innate for some people. Yeah. But for me, it was definitely cultivated in learning and my body yeah and i've seen the glow up by the way right on your instagram you've right. gotten so in shape yeah and it's i i mean you know if, uh, like you if, if you if you go back like six seven years i was skinny fat yeah like, it, skinny fat is probably the worst build right oh, totally because because you, you you get the worst of both worlds right you're, you're skinny but but then the tummy comes out Yes. Right. If you're just skinny, maybe you could build some muscle. You might look a little like one of those uh, e boys. Yeah. Right. It's like a look. It's yeah. a look. But skinny fat, it's like I put on a shirt. It, I you could I st Ooh, still you got, see. So you still got the pop belly. I still got that protruding out of the shirt. And <sighs> then yeah, the 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 uh, Albuquerque and like no hitch on Albuquerque or 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 Hollister was gonna save me. Um, wow. And. Back then, like my my fashion sense also was was terrible. Yeah. Right. So th these are exterior things that made me more confident. Right. So the gym made me look physically stronger, mm. physically bigger. The fashion sense made me also look physically more appealing, attractive. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but then there was the internal confidence that i think i gained from learning aka the books that i've read the, the life experiences that i've gone through yeah. the failures that i've gone through right and not only just the failures but also the success with with every little bit of success that i found in my career in my yeah. life in my job um i think it was stepping stones towards like building my, my confidence and then confidence also comes from attracting a mate mm -hmm. what's happened there i think for the longest time it, it was a lot of fear anxiety especially yeah if i was talking to a girl that i was attracted to 
And not only was she attractive, but also like I, I could really have a good conversation with her. I could vibe with her, mm-hmm. right? When those two are in sync, it, it, it I don't know what it does. It, it makes my, my voice quiver a little bit. Yeah, I, I stutter a little bit more. Right. I don't know why I do that, yeah. right? But instinctively, it, it's just, hmm, I, I just maybe kind of yeah. tense up a ten, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think all, all those things, like especially the, the the girls part that that really like shattered my confidence for a little bit. Because when you get friend zone for for long enough, it. Um, it, you know, I, you start feel to, maybe I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. Right. You think you're not good enough that you're not attractive. Right. So, but, but that's the time that I actually spent back on myself. Yeah. So instead of figuring out oh, how, how am I going to ask this girl out? I, I just started focusing on building both outer confidence, outer confidence and inner confidence. Right. So, uh, spent a lot of time reading reading books, spent a lot of time uh, trying different... I, I remember you told me you took an acting class I early took in an college. Acting class. And you yes. they recommended a book and you read that book and it changed how you think. What was that yes. book? It was the, it, the book was called Talent Code. Yeah. And even before getting the book, the acting class itself was something very scary to me, very daunting to walk into a small classroom where it's uh, a class that's just is not recommended for you know it's not a yeah it's not one of the the, the gen eds like biology uh, uh, economics or statistics you know it's, it's not one of the core classes sure. that you, that you should take in college yeah. but but that was something that I, I I knew that I wanted to 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 try some something it just it it just made me want to 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 do it right yeah. I, I've always felt like in high school i was kind of a, a like a low-key class clown mm, right you're so funny uh, yeah i wasn't like the outwardly like oh making jokes in, in front of the whole class but like yeah. i would make jokes with a group of people around me in class right uh and then in college like acting was just something i wanted to to try out and it, it was very scary just mm-hmm. walking into that first class um i i remember my my heart was like beat, it was racing um as i was walking into that class yeah. and looking back on it now i i, I don't know why mm. right cuz now i i guess just trying something new trying trying something uncomfortable naturally you you'll, you'll feel uh, uncomfortable but i remember just that that feeling being very very strong yeah back then i get that I took acting classes for the first time earlier this month. Yeah. Because I just never thought that I got to do this growing up, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you were saying. You mm-hmm. got your gen eds. You got the courses that you have to take to right. get a job. And right. now I can't indulge myself in acting. And I remember they asked me to perform a monologue. And I'm used to talking in front of people, right? right. But that felt naked. It was yeah. just like, I just, I just started talking, like. Yeah, I probably sound stupid, don't I? And that is so in my head mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it got in the way of me trying to portray, bring right. to life this character. Right, right. And honestly, listening to you, what's insane is I look at your videos. Yeah, I imagine anyone watching those would be like, "Damn, this guy has no fear. 
He's confident. He's bold. He approaches people. Right. He's openly talking about his love life. Yeah. And what I'm hearing from you, it's not you're the man with no fear. No. You're the man with so much fear that you know. learned to understand it and sit with it and yeah. move past it. Yeah. I think fear was something that I've like, yeah, definitely observed. And yeah. I've had to, also a, a book that, that I've read in the span of like that learning phase of my life. Uh, I th- this was from like freshman year of college all the way up until junior year where I didn't really put myself out there. I, I didn't go to a lot of clubs or fraternities. Yeah. Um, a lot of my time I was spent like either watching anime or actually reading books. Right. And the I, I know the two do, doesn't correlate. Like one is kind of like making me more of a loser, but the other one was kind of okay not not a loser but you know it was yeah, it, it, it wasn't I'm, i wasn't i'm a huge weep the way i see anime is escape right yeah i'd have right, those right. moments where you're not stuck in your current life if you're not right. happy with it right so i guess the other side was me reading all these books trying to improve my, my current life yeah so it's a moment it's like you gotta have both right yeah, yeah. when you're not happy with where you're at you have yeah. to have hope and inspiration Mm -hmm. for what's better out there. Mm -hmm. And then you got to think about how do I get there myself? Right. And sometimes the anime actually, you know, some of these stories. Oh yeah. Inspires you to try harder. Oh, a hundred percent. Look at Naruto, right? He came out for, look at Deku from My Hero Academia. Let's talk about Naruto. I remember that scene, him sitting on the swings, the rest of the village. Yeah. And he's just alone, an outcast. Yeah. That hurts. And then you see him become... The village local hero. Yeah, one of the greatest, greatest. Uh, and that battle he had with Neji, my favorite. Mm. Because the takeaway was, hey, to think that everything is preordained. Right, that, not everything is, mm-hmm. you, you can't win just based on talent. Yes. It's not like we enter, this person's more talented. Right. Destiny is as it is, and there's nothing I can do. Right. To me, it was actually, I was like, wow, like Naruto, like, you know, it helps you feel something. You're like, yeah. Wait, no. What if I can actually work harder and be better? Yeah. And I think there's a second part. You said you had books, you had the talent code. That's one of the things you mentioned mm-hmm. that helped give you the tools. But in some ways, anime and manga helps give you the spark, the motivation to even want in the first place, you know? Right, right, right. And although you, sometimes you just watch it for mindless entertainment. Oh, me too. 100%. Right? You don't always have to just watch, oh, yeah. how am I going to get inspired? But sometimes it just creeps into your subconscious, like you know, like oh wait. So you're saying you're saying Deku, like what are what are the Deku? scenes when you look at anime manga? You remember it's just like God Deku, damn. Deku from from My Hero. He he was even more useless yeah. than, than Naruto in the beginning of the the show. He didn't have a quirk, and yeah. everybody has like a superpower in that show. He just he, sucks. He sucks. And then he was this little little guy. But shrimp. You, you you know that show also taught me to, that mentors are really. So, so crucial to, to, to your yeah. growth. And and he had, I guess, the the strongest uh, superhero at the time, All Might. Uh, so I guess in re- if I had to draw a parallel to real life, a lot of these books, like Tony Robbins, for example, yeah. right? A lot of his books struck a chord with me. Gary Vee at the time, he, he struck a chord yeah. with me. Um, so, so these are, I guess, little mentors that 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 you know drop like little buckets of information into my head that that lets me know what what should my next what, move what be? would you feel like were the biggest things you had to unlearn 
core assumptions you had of how the world worked. Right. And then you're reading from your mentors and you're like, what if I'm wrong? And what if I'm wrong? Thinking differently helps me be different. What were the biggest things you had to unlearn? I think for, for one was the assumption that you need to, to get a job right after college. Mm. I think, you know, everybody's put on this path to, to, to go to college. Nine to five. Nine to five, get an internship. Like your junior year, you need to get an internship immediately you have to yes or you're screwed you're you, a loser. everybody everybody else is getting you're not a job. gonna get a job what's wrong with you right yeah everybody everybody else is getting internships oh, everybody yeah. else is getting jobs yeah if you don't do it by junior year you, you're gonna be behind you are one step permanently behind everybody else exactly and and, and that that's kind of that, that was the the that was the path that my my, my parents were we're, we're kind of painting me like, oh, I need to. Yeah. So, uh, like they said, I applied to, to a couple like marketing interns. I, I was a, I was a communications major. Yeah. Right. And but then I remember this Gary V clip. Uh, I think it was on Facebook at the time, and I remember this very vividly because it struck such a chord in me. It was like, if you're, he goes, if you're if you're between the ages of twenty two to twenty six, like this is your time. This is the time for you to, to live with like four roommates. He curses he, four f roommates, and you need to just eat ramen noodles and just just grind because because this is when you don't have the pressures of a family, of a mm -hmm. wife, a kid, right? Between the ages of twenty two to twenty seven, like this is your time, and you, I don't have the responsibilities of, of older. adults you know, actually an adult. Um, and I have to be responsible for more people than myself. And he's right. Yeah. This, this is the time. Like, what what, what else in, in, in the timeline of my life will I have a freedom to, to actually do what I want? I mean, truthfully, you could do it at any time. Sure. Um, truthfully, harder. at any, any point in your life, you could quit your job. And, and do what it's you all, want. It's, it's always a choice. Right. But but that age that age window that, that, that Gary said was, I think, is the most optimal because you have yeah. the most energy, you have the least amount of responsibilities, and just being that age, yeah, it's just, you're, you're young, you're, en you're energetic, you're you, you, less responsibilities, and yeah, like, college debt is hard if you have, but if, like me, I, yeah. I didn't have any debt, so... I, I guess it was just the pressure of my parents. It was like it was it was mentally hard, but it was, it was all it was all mental. I, I there wasn't nothing yeah. physically stopping me. So you saw that clip. I feel on the one hand you've grown up with your parents, yeah. who have almost taught you how to even be a human being, right? And now you're realizing, hey, I want to be someone different. You see this clip from Gary, like what happens next? Is it like tomorrow, or the next day, or does it does it sit? Does it simmer? Does it build? No, I remember that was that one clip. What was the was a clip that that pushed me to like? Uh, I think it was make a YouTube channel, and also I went to started doing stand up comedy. Wow! Like stand up, uh, not not immediately. I'm telling jokes in front of a crowd. Sure. I'm, I'm doing open mics Learning, around New York. Practicing, City. right? And. I thought that was a good way to kind of, I, I guess, sharpen my my my, my skill set of just like being being funny. 
I guess. Yeah. In, in front of strangers, and it was very daunting. It was like I was I was doing I was doing jokes. I I was first of all I, it, like I, I was learning how to just speak in oh, front yeah. of people. I like that, that alone is you have to get that over that hurdle for you to just speak properly yeah. with a microphone in front of strangers. So after a, a couple rounds of that, then it's like I now I'm trying to figure out what's funny, what's not, because that's a whole science of like how to you know make people laugh. Yeah, you got to get the reps, and you literally got to learn how to stand in front of a group of people, right. be comfortable, right? Talk with them, right? Where you can even focus and care about what you're saying. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and that was I only did it for a month. Yeah. Um. Before I realized mm, things might be a little easy on YouTube. All right. So I I think. But 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 going back to what you said, was there anything else that like simmered in my head? Yeah, because like I imagine you watching this video, and you know, to go back to this original question, when mm. I look at you, I see a self-made man. Mm. From what you described, yeah, being afraid, yeah, being stuck in a route you didn't like, not feeling good about how you looked, being afraid to talk to women. Right. Now to who you are today, but I'm seeing this in-between stage. You watch the Gary V clip. You started to do stand-up comedy. You're at your first open mic. Right. I assume, what, you start going to the gym? You start doing your first YouTube videos? I oh, no, so I first, the gym started first. Okay. The gym started first. I started transforming my body little by little, and I started seeing some, some, some packs. Yeah, you're seeing changes. Right. And then I, at the along the same timeline, I'm also reading the books, um, you know, not, not just Gary, but there was like some Tony Robbins quotes that uh, that's like stuck yeah. with me. Um, Rich Dad Poor Dad was another right. great Kiyosaki. book. That, yeah, book that kind of uh, made me unlearn some things that that was taught by my parents. What did you feel like you had to unlearn from there? Um, their 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 way of thinking about life and career, specifically uh, career. Like you just got to go and you got to work. You right, right. And that I, I think that's the biggest takeaway from the book. Is right, you know, it's you know, you, you go and work for a salary. Yeah, you'll never really get that level. Yeah, and then just over the years, I learned that what's what's even worse about the salary is 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 first of all, you get taxed. Yeah. You get ta and then after the tax, you have an amount that, that you you gotta spend for for living expenses. Yeah, and if you're living in in major cities, like th th that that gets pretty high. Uh -huh. And so so yeah, just the the equivalent of training forty hours a week for for that set amount. It's how how much money do you really at the end of the yeah, day? Yeah, you're putting yourself to work so hard. And yeah. for what? And it's like the, the worst part is it might it's it probably is something that, that you don't even care about. Right. You're doing it because you need the paycheck. Exactly. Yeah. I get it. It's a cycle. And I, I remember going on, on these job interviews being asked, oh, what, what would you like to contribute to the con? Truthfully, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't get paid. I, yeah. I want I want my money. Uh, I don't I don't give two shit about this company. Yeah. Uh. Cause wh wh why am I here? Cause my parents told me to to, to apply for this. <laughs> yeah, but you did give two about yourself. I I give I gave ten a lot. I gave a, a hand. Well, one might say you even gave many about yourself. I, I gave 
quite a, 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 an abundant, so I, a copious amount of f- about myself. So what, what, what I got to ask is, man, to make all of these changes, right? Dude, you had to be fighting demons, man. What is driving? What is motivating? Because every step always at that first open mic, right? That's hard. Right. That's scary. Right. What was pushing you through? That first open mic. I remember I I've went to you know, it's funny, I actually went outside of the club. I never mm. stepped in. Right. So there was even a couple of times where I've kind of just walked past the open mic or like walked past the comedy clubs like, oh, yeah, do this. <laughs> wow. So yeah. You were like, hey, I want to go and you walk in. And you're like, I can't. And, you just and I walked by. out. Yo, that's this intensity. Yeah, Because the, the, the intensity of the fear is just so strong. Right. Yeah. And I think. I think that fear of public speaking is some people i think i don't know if it's a statistic but they put it over death oh i've seen that as well yeah you know it's 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 paralyzing it's because it's vulnerability right when you speak up in public you're saying to everyone hey look at me i have somebody i have something interesting worth sharing right and god i hope i don't let you down i've drawn all this attention to myself i pray i have something worth sharing right that's scary. It is. Put yourself out there. So you're in this comedy club. I just picture you. Uh-huh. Multiple times you've walked past the intensity of your fear. It's debilitating. It's paralyzing. But yeah. that last time you step in, you walk up, you start your jokes. Oh, I don't even know if you call it jokes. Yeah? Was what was just, the routine? It, it was, I was talking about trauma. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was talking about my... Uh, my dad getting cancer, yeah, and, and and how he he blamed it on me, yeah, because we were getting into these fights all the time, and you know it was from all this. But I don't, you know, I don't think that's how you catch cancer from. No, also from 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 stress. He's your dad. You're his son. He's coming to you and saying, "I have cancer because you keep up, and I'm mad at you." Right. Like, I don't think that's the symptoms. Or like, I don't think that's how you no, catch Jimmy, it. You're not responsible <laughs> for giving your dad cancer. I'm not. Right? But when you're a kid and you hear your dad say that. Yeah. You know how ridiculous this sounds to, to, to white people? But you, so, so, so then but you're, everybody you're, laughed. You're, you were a kid. And so you're just going and sharing it. And people are just like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is this guy. The stories he comes up with, so funny. And no, you're, it's just, you're just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're just sitting there and you're like, this is my life. Yeah, this, this is actually my dad. He, yeah. And... Yeah, so so I think that that was something I talked about. I also had I threw in a couple d- jokes in there. Um, right, for good measure. Yeah, uh-huh. for good measure. You know, you got to mix up course, the tone. Course, you know, you talk course. about your dad blaming you for getting cancer, and then you right. know throwing a couple. D- yeah, jokes. yeah. I, mean, I, I would probably warm them up with, with, with some with, with some d- jokes. Yeah, and, and then it would be like, oh, you you know what else is sad? <laughs> that would probably transition to the to the dad story. I feel <laughs> when you 
share what happened. Yeah. That's part of you now beginning to own the narrative. It's right. like, hey, this didn't just happen to you. Now you're getting to tell it. Right. And you go up, you say this. Yeah. People laughing. Yeah. What was but that at, like? the, at the same time, it was uh, people. I, I I liked I liked it because it was. I don't know if it's validation or if it's. But it probably is validation that that I'm I'm being funny. I'm yeah. you know. And I, I remember I always loved that feeling, even uh, as you know, back in high school when I was just cracking jokes. Um, but then now I'm doing it in front of, I guess, with higher stakes, with you know, lights shine people. on my face, with a microphone, strangers watching. That laugh, it's oh, ooh, ooh, feels good. Maybe you have something that's worth it. Talent, maybe. But I think at that same time is when I also just realized the the the, the daunting, um, I guess, journey of being a stand-up comic mm. is pretty. Is it's hard? You know, you have to continuously do these open mics right, over for and over. years and you know make connections in the city uh you, you have to do at least a couple a, a, a day wow for for you to eventually get better right and i felt like at the time there was like a um, there was an opportunity on the internet to to also be funny and also make make a bag so you got a taste of it and you're like, well, I found a different way I can do this. Right, exactly. And for me, it was, I, I, I did it through, I guess, sharing experiences with strangers instead of, I guess, with, with, with stand-up comedy, it was me to, you know, a, a crowd of people. Yeah, people where, where, whereas maybe um, for my videos at the time, it was, it was me to one stranger. Right, you just or, walk up to them. I right? just walk up to them, maybe share, mm. o- overshare my life story a little bit. Yeah. And, but then that is the entertaining aspect of it, right? It is, yeah. you know, wh- wh- why, why am I oversharing with a stranger? And then I somehow I, I found it, I, I got them to, to share about their their life. And I think that was the, my first video that blew up was was me talking about wow. uh, Asian Americans getting their ass whipped growing up. Yeah, right. I got I got whipped once as a kid too. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not fun. Oh, just once. Just once. Oh, let's see. You, you, sounds like sounds like for you is more than just once. Yeah, so it, um, uh, mine was a it was it was a routine. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, 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 it's, it's it's nice at the over the yeah Eric just, just 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 once just just but for one. but for you regular huh yeah what's oh my god I went to the hospital yeah yeah and that was. I shared that in the video too. Um, I think that's why I think it got shared so much on Facebook. A lot of people related to it. Because I'm going to put it this way. There are a lot of people who go through experiences. There are a lot of people who go and get hit. But how many people are able to go and share that? Try and make something out of it? Right. That's even harder. Right. And... I think I saw it as, yeah, I, I, I saw it. So so at this point in my life, I've already gotten over a lot of fears. Yeah. And I've already kind of, even, I mean, you compare me now to when I first started YouTube, you see a difference, right? 
but even from when I first started YouTube to that freshman year of college when I first stepped into that acting class, yeah. there was a, another huge difference in, in confidence mm. and, and demeanor and style, as you put it, right? So today, do you feel like you're where you're going to be or do you feel like, no, actually, hey, there's a lot you're still working there's on. There's always more. There's always more that, that, that I'm until Whoa. the day I die. That's what are you working on now? Podcasting, being I, being a better host, being a yeah. better speaker. I think for for most of my YouTube career, I've always had the luxury of chopping it up with a stranger. Yeah, yeah. sure, I go up to them, but I'm um, I'm a lot of the times. Maybe right. I'm. But you're, with your vamping, yeah, right, right, yeah. and then I get to, I get, I, I get the luxury of chopping that up into and cutting out all my stutters, all my blunders, and packaging it into right. a, a yeah, beautiful little, a, a nice little, yeah. little video a gem, right? Yeah. But little do they know, there's thirty cuts in there, right? Right. Whereas a podcast now, I'm, I'm planning to live stream it soon and so it's really just you unfiltered me unfiltered and for for an hour straight I'm, I'm trying to keep people's attention for for that long um but not just me but also being a better host with a guest that i bring yeah. on right and i have a set amount of questions for each guest that's kind of tailored for them wow and that way i think i, I could get the best interaction out of them yeah. And they could talk about their experiences and we could kind of feed off each other's, bounce off each other's energies and, and, and conversation, in conversation. And you work hard. So, yeah. yeah you work hard. I, I like to because I, I, I know what, what life is like when I'm not working hard and it sucks. Let's do another question. This time it's your turn. Okay. It's pretty meaningful off of just one. Let's do level two. Mm -hmm. You do the honors this time. Uh, let's see. Let's see here. What we got? You answer this. Yeah, you're asking the question. What's your father's name? And tell me one thing about him. So, my father is Chinese. He's from Shanghai. He grew up dirt poor, learned English from the streets, made it over to America because he was like, and in Canada, I don't know, he's like top 10 in China and mm -hmm. chemistry or some crazy thing. Yeah. His Chinese name is Weiwei. Of course, different enunciations, pronunciations on each, right? And the funny thing, though, is in America, my last name's W-E-I, we pronounce it Wee. Mm. So in America, he was Wee Wee. Mm. Mr. Wee Wee doesn't quite fall off the tongue right. Mm. So he changed it. His, his first name, his Americanized first name is Alex. Because, of course, I don't know if you've noticed this, but many of us, when our parents came from East Asian countries, China, Korea, Japan, right. our children, we give them Americanized names, yeah. help them fit in. Yeah. And it's funny because you look at South Asian, Southeast Asian, Indian, for example. Right. They don't do that. Right. I have many friends who have names given them to their parents, like Avesh right. and Vinay. Right. 
Tanvir. Exactly. And what's what's remarkable, it's not like there's a great council of East Asian parents who sat down to say, no, we're gonna name our kid, we're gonna name our kids Kevin and Jimmy and Eric. Right. It's not like there's a big Indian conference where they said, no, no, we're actually gonna keep the names the way there is. Yeah. It just worked out that way. And I think it speaks to a big part of our culture has always been, hey, you gotta like fit in, put your head down, right. and work hard. If that means giving you a name to match, right. we're gonna do it. And so, yeah, he was by Alex now. And I'm Eric. And you and I, honestly, if we were in a different place, maybe where our parents came from, we probably would have different names. I mean, no, I have a Chinese name. What's your Chinese name? Zhang Yiming. So is that your actual name? My Chinese name, yeah. Your birth certificate. Well, my birth certificate, I have uh, my birth certificate, yeah. So you actually, on your birth certificate, you have your Asian name, but then has anyone in your life called you that or has it mainly been Americanized? My, I guess, old, old childhood friends. Yeah. I, all my close friends know about my Chinese name. So, how did you decide on Jimmy? In college, yeah, is in high school. I've had people call me Jimmy, but in college is when I fully I, I made a new Facebook account, new Instagram, uh, and just started going by Jimmy like fully. And when I got my citizenship naturalized. Because um, I wasn't born here. Where were you born? I was born in China. Mm. Um, and when I, yeah, when, when I got my citizenship natural, I just changed it to. So you're officially, you are Jimmy now? Yes. Wild. Yeah. If you had a. But hey, this is not about me. This is. <laughs> so one, one thing, one thing about him. Yeah. So my dad he worked really, really hard. And that's uh, for a long time. That's why I wanted to be just like him, right? Mm -hmm. It's a sense of obligation. And then I realized the best way to honor the spirit of what he wanted was not to follow the letter of what he wanted. Okay. To actually make the most out of my life, I had to be able to do my own thing, which is different from what he technically wanted me to do. Mm. Right, because I know my dad loves me. He wants me to have a happy, successful life. And yet, by following the advice he gave me, which was just go work in finance. Who cares if it fills you? It's a well-paying job. I would have been miserable. Right. So I had to learn how to distance and follow my own path and desires. Ironically, that's the way I actually honor him by not listening to him. Yeah. Um. Did your dad always push you to do finance? So my dad started off, aforementioned point of him being really smart, he was a nuclear physicist. Mm. Not a lot of dummies in that industry. No, I, I, I wouldn't know. No, I really hope there aren't because they're, you know, nuclear, pretty dangerous. Right, right, right. right. You, you don't want to just, yeah. Exactly. And he switched jobs because he's like a government scientist. He's making like 20, 30K a year. It was enough to support a family. He moved to the States and... Well, they're paying 30K to, for people's hand on nuclear... Weapons? Oh, yeah. He was like a government scientist. We're not paying well. Oh. Yeah. So that's why he moved to Indiana and he looked for a job. Like, no one had like taught him English. He just learned it himself. He's just really good at math and numbers. He just tried to find something around finance. Right. And finally, initially found a job like in insurance, just like crunching numbers. And so for him, I think 
he didn't work on Wall Street. I think he really hoped that his son would. He uh, saw the potential and growth in this industry. Yeah. And in some ways, genuinely thought that was the best path and wanted me to take it. So for me growing up, we never talked about the birds and the bees. We And this is a literal use of the word literally, without exaggeration. We literally talked about getting into Harvard, becoming an investment banker, the world economy, yeah. and finance. I learned what a discounted cash flow, a DCF model was, before I ever learned about how to talk, talk to, to girls. Girl. <laughs> how to... I remember uh, my neighbors one time inviting me to go toss around a football with them. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I'd love to, but like, I don't know how I'm a little self-conscious. And I remember like, no, no, like in their heads, I'm sure they're thinking, how bad could he possibly be? Right. And I was so bad. I knew so little about how football worked and let alone like trying to catch a ball. I remember my friend's dad actually got frustrated at me because of how bad I was. <laughs> like, I'm like, a, I'm like a kid. I'm like, I'm like 10 years old or right, whatever. Right. I've never even done this before. And this grown man it's just, just like angry. angry at how bad I am. And the main thing I just felt, now I look back and I'm like, dude, neighbor's dad, like chill. <laughs> right? But at the time, I just remember feeling like really scared and just like guilty. Maybe and he then, was like a football coach. No, he wasn't. It's just his pickup, right? Because uh, he played this with his son every single week and they were good. Uh, right, right, and I just remember feeling scared and guilty and ashamed and then annoyed at my dad. And I was like, well, I wish he had taught me this. And I'm like, well, how could he have? He didn't right, grow up here. Right, right, right. But, know, yeah, I, I wanted to, to, to be uh, part of a baseball team. Yeah. And there's no Asians playing baseball. But yeah, my I wanted my parents to, to, to enroll me in, in a baseball team. Just cause I, I like watching it. I wanna I wanna I wanna hit a ball with a bat. Yeah. How old are you? Like ten. Okay. Eleven. But yeah, just ended up playing video games. Did they ever enroll you? No. They what? just what did they say? They're just like no. It was just they, I forgot, I forgot what what it was. I, maybe it was money. Uh, maybe they, they they didn't. Oh, they didn't know where, because baseball is kind of it's not. It's yeah, not, you gotta have fields. Yeah, right. It, it's like, like you, you, you you gotta have friends who might tell you where to enroll. And because my parents were were immigrants, they they, they barely knew how to even right go sign up for a gym membership, let alone yeah. sign me up for a baseball team. Yeah. So it's a little bit of both language barrier and sort of the combination of, you know, like I wish that my dad had taught me how to catch a football. You wish your parents enrolled you in baseball. And then we talked through why. And it's like this very tricky emotion where it's like, well, what are they going to (laughs) do? Right. With the, with, with the resources that, uh, that, that they had, they couldn't. What were they going to do? They did the best they could. And from, my perspective, your perspective, it still sucked. Yeah, but it's just. But they did the best they could. Yeah. Sort of a weird two, two, two types of feelings to hold. Right. Right. So, yeah, my dad he really wanted me to get into finance, get into banking, because it's something that was working for him. And yeah, I think the one thing I shared, he was, he's really, really smart. Continues to be. I don't know if I've ever met a person smarter than he was. Like, again, I said this. Five minutes ago, I was saying he, he literally learned to read English from like school books, like dumped on the trash. Like his parents were heavy laborers and machinists. Right. And he he made it out here. And no, there's a lot of things I don't agree about with him at all. But I have to respect that. Like what? 
hey, he was really smart. He worked really hard. He came from nothing. And mm -hmm. the life I have, me getting to sit here, you and now, getting to focus on existential self-fulfillment and things I care about. Right, right. It's the fact that, him. That, that, that he even took the leap to move out here to the States. I bet it was really scary. Right. And he probably did it for you. I bet in large part. Yeah. And, you know, he probably heard it from his friends how much opportunities there are in, in America compared to compared to China. Yeah. Right. And, and, and look in the world right now. I mean, it's, it's true. Right. Mm -hmm. I think just even oh, like, let, let alone America. Right. We're, we're in L.A. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we, have, we, have, we have girls making careers off of OnlyFans. A hundred percent. You think this is possible in China? No. So it's just the opportunities just gets vastly crazier. It, it, you know, they helped, they laid, they laid the foundation. They did. And again, as much as I don't agree with them and a lot of the frustration of fights I went through, I, I acknowledge that. Yeah. And that's something that I, I'm internally grateful for. Same. My, my parents. Well, now, now I got to ask you, what's, what's your dad's? Name and tell me one thing about him. So I'll just say his Chinese name. Yeah. Zhang Qingying. One thing about my dad. I, I, I was going to do something su superficial. Like... Like yeah. the garden, <laughs> that's fine. But no, no, I, I want, I want to do something a little bit, sure. a little bit deeper. Um, ooh, I have a good one. I hope he never watches this. Um, he has a big ego. Yeah, he has a huge ego in the sense that. He never admits he's wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I experienced that with my dad, too. Um, yeah. So whenever, I guess, when we plant an argument against him, maybe me or my mom or just, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, oh, this is, this, is, this is the best example. Just my, my career, my, my entire life. Right. It was it, yeah. it's like a living example of, you know, oh, hey, dad, maybe maybe the things that you were telling me growing up, they're not true. Mm. You were wrong. Mm. <laughs> the, the, the things that, that you were telling everything that I'm doing now goes completely against everything that, yeah. that he taught me growing up. And yet you're doing it. Yeah. Yet I'm working. doing it. I, I'm making more money than he probably ever envisioned for me to make. Um, and doing it at, you know, it's just, I, I think even now a lot of his friends, sons, daughters, they say, you know, they, they, they tell him like, Oh, so I saw your son yeah. on YouTube. I saw, and I'm a big fan of your, you know, yeah, what tell your son him. Is this doing, is really cool. What your son's doing. Yeah. Right. And then all this stuff would have never happened had I followed him. Every his teaching, whatever 
he, he wanted me to to do engineering yeah architecture something like that um i tried it i did it i tried it a little bit in high school and realized it wasn't for me um and yeah he he was very aggressively pushing me to 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 do certain chase certain career paths that just you know and i i just remember him being super frustrated whenever i brought like a b minus home like i i was yeah. a straight b student like across my life and every time i i brought back a report card i had like a 70 something 80 something and i just see the just the disappointment just start yeah just start stretching across you, you know it's just like i, I how 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 does one person get disappointed so quickly? I just I just mm. see it immediately, right? And you know th those those weren't good feelings, right? Yeah. And had I continued to, I guess, follow his footsteps, I I, I wouldn't be here today, right? Yeah. But let's let let's just say. Oh, even even oh man, even the the editing program that I was editing. Uh, my, so so back in high school, I used to edit these Call of Duty montages. Yeah. Um, and at the time, to him, it was it was the biggest waste of time, right? What, what, what are you doing editing people shooting each other? <laughs> A video game? What are you What are you doing that for? You're like spending hours on end editing these things. You could be doing homework. Mm. Get right? your grades up, Jimmy. Yeah. And now, when I first started YouTube, I was that one editing all my videos. Thank God you learned how to Thank do it. Thank God I learned how to edit from, from, from those Call of Duty montages. that he, he said it was a waste of time. And that, ironically, is what helped you be who you are now. Exactly. Um, and, I, you know, if I was to, 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 to bring these things up to him, Hey, he has nothing to say, yeah. right? But at the same time, I, I think the ego comes in when 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 he thought he was so right for the longest time, yeah. And even now, when I bring these things up, uh, he he'll still find ways to like argue. Oh, but like, you know, I I, I always believed in you. Some 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 some. some yeah. <laughs> um. But but he 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 would never be like oh, okay son, I was wrong. You were right. I was wrong. That would that would never come out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, but so so that among like a bunch of other things, it's he he would always find something to to to, to say to explain. Yeah, he, he would never go. I, I realized. That's an extreme case. I also see people just in, in my day to day who who um, don't admit fault and don't admit. Right. But I think Asian or Asian dads, my dad specifically, it took that to to the tenth degree, like ten tenfold, on the high ego. I'm not wrong. It's so funny you mentioned that. You've never heard him say. You were right and I was wrong. Never. Because when you said that, I thought to myself, oh, yeah, my dad's never said that before either. And even more than that, Jimmy, I realized 
And I never even like thought about the fact that he never would. <laughs> like it was so far yeah. outside the bounds and scope of possibility <laughs> for me. It's not even, I was like, oh, I wish he would say that he like never has. It was like, oh, I literally like never even considered the fact that he's never said that. <laughs> You know, like, I'm not thinking about, like, oh, like, I don't know, like, maybe giraffes, like, to run around in the Sahara Desert. Like, you know, it's just something that yeah. was never even in my right. imagination. And I'm like, yeah, actually, never really said that either. And at this point, I've given up. Yeah, I mean, I there, there, there's, yeah, there, there's no there's no need to, to convince it. There, I, I realize that there, there is, there's so much life outside of my yeah. parents. And I guess living in that household, they, you know... You were bound by their rules. You 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 had to listen to them. You had to, you saw them every day, but then you know after college, you you now you have the choice and freedom to to yeah. to, to to live your the, life. The distance you actually helps me fight and be closer. The distance actually helps me closer with them in a way mm. because I'm not just there trying to live under their rules. Right, right, exactly. So, in, in a way, you're not forced to to be them to be with them so when you do see them it's more of a uh yeah it's, it's a less stressful time i remember when i was thinking through carrot mm -hmm. very stressful time i remember my dad mentioned to me coming from like a very genuine place he wasn't trying to be mean he's just like why would anyone ever give you money for this or anything <laughs> yeah i remember when i became an instagram product manager my dad, again, from a very similar place of concern, was like, why would anyone listen to you? You didn't study computer science. Mm. When I switched into consulting from being an investment banker, his number one question was, why would anyone listen to you? Explain. <laughs> Every single step. Again, not from a place of, like, he wasn't trying to be mean. He was, like, genuinely, like, I, like, why would people like... Oh, but you proved him wrong. You proved him. Well, you, you, know, you showed him why. See, Jimmy, that's the internalized self-voice. I'm like, well, you know, that's fair. I don't know if I really was a good consultant, a good product manager. I don't know if Carrot will succeed. Right. And it's not until we IPO that I can definitively go back and be like, no, actually, I think I was right. And now, you know, is that rational? I don't know. But that's the internalized, right? It's kind of, I just, you know, when you said you're going to your dad and just to see that disappointment, it's like, Man, our parents, right? When we're growing up, that's the people we care about most in this world. It's right. the people we want to approve and love us. And right. I think every time you go through and you feel like you're disappointing them, right? Yeah, it just hurts. Right. So let's do level three. I think I think we're ready. All right. What parts of yourself do you see in me? Parts of myself do I see in you? Yes. I think because we both grew up with immigrant parents. Um, yeah. I think I I I see a lot of the. The, the the amount of fear and anxiety that yeah. li living under, I guess, a Chinese immigrant household, what 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 that has done to us in, in childhood, and the 
the, the, the kind of things that we had to do to overcome, to mm-hmm. overcome and climb out of that despite, you know, a lot of the, the childhood upbringings. Yeah. You know, Jimmy, you shared how you reinvented yourself. Right. I did that too. I had to, college, I started working out, started trying to learn how to talk to people, not just women, just friends, period. Yeah. Also took classes in swing dancing and improv and stand-up. Swing dancing? Yeah, all of the things, man. Besides trying to learn how to be a human being, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. I found, yeah, for me, stand-up never was that thing that really... I think inspired me as much, but it was just the concept of, oh, I can just go and speak to people and they'll listen right. in public speaking. Yeah. I learned, I took classes, I took lessons. I became a speaking coach myself because I saw it as a tool for when I'm afraid and I don't know how to talk. I can fall back on my training. Right. Even if I'm nervous and panicked, if you put me in front of a crowd, I know enough, it's internalized enough in me where I can still just go out and talk and not sound terrified. You know, funny enough, uh, you, you, you reminded me of a, of a little moment back in my yeah. senior year of high school when I had to give a class presentation. It was I'm stand up in front of a class yeah. and just present what you what you learned. I, I even had no cards to, to remind me yeah. of the things to say. I couldn't even do that. What, like compared, like people now would not believe the story. Like I literally, I, I went up to the class. I looked. I, I, I can't do this. I, I'd rather you fail me, because I'm, I'm gonna butcher. I'm gonna stutter, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna sound so stupid. I'm not even gonna form coherent sentences. I, I, why am I up here? I, the, the fear is so, so powerful. I, I can't. I'm 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 not gonna I'm gonna sit back down. <laughs> I walked up. I went, I went and sat back yeah. sat back down. And yeah, it's public that. speaking is 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 very can be very scary for for a lot of people. I feel like for me, I grew up so worried about doing something wrong, getting disapproval. Yeah, that's why I try to make sure if I was gonna do it, I was gonna do it right, or just don't try at all. Right, which. It's not good. I've been unlearning no, no. that. I think um, if I were to answer this question, I think, yeah, I think I see, I think I see the, the pain and the sorrow, but I also, in a weird way, get to feel better about myself because listening to you, I'm like, you've made so much of yourself. In a weird way, it's much easier for me to see and recognize what you've done and you've accomplished than it is for me to feel the same about myself. But if I can see that in you. I can feel that in myself too. Great, Eric. You've done great. Me too. Let's let's do one more and we'll call it, yeah? Okay, let's do it. I think it's your turn to choose this time. Any. Level three, baby. Let's 
Bring it home. Can I pick another one? You can pick another one. Okay. <laughs> These are meant as uh, helpful prompts, okay, not okay. as uh, necessarily. Okay. What What do I need to hear right now? <sighs> what do you need to hear right now? I don't know if you need to hear it, but... I feel so much love and appreciation and respect for you as a human being, hearing what you've experienced and what you've done to improve yourself from that. I think it's beautiful. Really. Thank you. Likewise. All right, give, give me a hug. <laughs> <laughs> Oh.